0: Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Corella. Welcome to Episode 12 of your Relationship Lovecast we are going to be talking about different characteristics of healthy relationships and what the difference is between an unhealthy relationship and a healthy relationship. Oftentimes, we watch movies and different things that influence us in our world, in our day-to-day, and sometimes we create these illusions of what an ideal or healthy relationship should feel like or be like. Today, I'm going to share with you some of the the qualities and characteristics that are paramount and fundamental in developing a strong, healthy, nurturing relationship with yourself and with your partner, as well as covering some of the barriers or some of the patterns or tendencies that are part of unhealthy relationship patterns so that you can be able to distinguish the two from one another. First of all, in thinking about your own relationship, thinking about what qualities and attributes fill you and what things deplete you or are challenging. And as I go through some of these uh, characteristics and qualities, you can assess basically where Your relationship fits into that equation. Some of the following attitudes and behaviors are typically present in healthy relationships. I know for me, when I was traveling around the world, I visited over five different continents, and I would often engage with couples and interact with them and see couples that just had that special something, that spark, that joy, that chemistry, that friendship that I so desired at the time and was was really my my compass and what I was looking for in a life partner. And I remember I would often ask these couples as I would meet them I would say what is the number one most important thing that makes your relationship solid? What is the number one thing that needs to be a part of a relationship to make it a healthy one? And these were also some of the suggestions that they mentioned. In my travels, whether it be in Machu Picchu, in Peru, or in China, or even on a train going through France, the French Riviera or the Italian Riviera, in conversations that I would have with these amazing couples, sometimes even in cafes over a cup of coffee. Some of the things that they mentioned was understanding being able to understand one another, being able to comprehend one another, that that was one of the main precursors to a healthy relationship and one of the most important qualities. They also mentioned communication, that the ongoing openness of communication and spontaneity and also the listening that takes place in that communication. Sometimes we think that communication is all about talking, but really communication is a lot about listening and understanding. So these two go hand in hand, understanding one another and, or seeking to understand or getting guidance if you have difficulty trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes or have empathy, then those things can be developed over time with that focus and with that intention. And also the communication skills. Sometimes we learn certain patterns of communication from our parents, from our siblings that have been passed down from generation to generation, maybe even other former relationships that we've had with other people that either were functional or dysfunctional. And we incorporate some of those patterns into future relationships, being able to recognize what those healthy patterns are and what those unhealthy patterns are. Uh, Being able to communicate effectively sometimes is a learned skill, an art form, and having the right guidance and structure to be able to communicate effectively is something that we need. Obviously, we don't learn these things in school. We don't learn any of these subjects in our classes. We're taking science and math and English, but we really don't learn the fundamentals of interpersonal relationships or diplomacy. Or conflict resolution and these are some things that we really can develop and grow and improve upon another quality of a healthy relationship is rules and boundaries are clear and explicit yet flexible being able to have certain parameters in the relationship is also very helpful because what that does is it it cultivates a space of respect of being able to honor someone's comfort zones and discomfort zones, being able to respect one another on what those areas of privacy or personal needs as well as interpersonal desires. And then the other piece is also that individuality, that sense of freedom that you can have your own sense of identity and personhood and you don't have to deny yourself of your identity or dismiss your identity or shrink in your identity to survive in the relationship. But rather, a healthy relationship honors that and respects that and actually nurtures that and allows for the best version of yourself to evolve and grow throughout the process as opposed to squashing it. Being able to really honor somebody's individuality and their sense of freedom is really also a key factor of healthy relationships. Another point of healthy relationships is that you enjoy doing things together. You have fun together, you have common interests, as well as having your own individual interests. So you have your own sense of autonomy, your own ways that you fill your cup, so to speak, but you also have enough commonality that you enjoy doing similar things together. I know for me and my husband, we enjoy eating and entertaining. We enjoy athletics. We enjoy biking and swimming, laughing with friends, game nights, traveling. And so those are a lot of things that we share in common that are part of our regular day-to-day interactions. In finding what those commonalities are in your relationship, those common interests that overlap, being able to make those a big part of your relationship, as well as having those external activities that you do independently. I know my husband, he does jujitsu and Muay Thai. And for me, I'm working with a personal trainer and working also doing dance classes or yoga classes. And those are things that I enjoy doing on my own. Having that balance can be really helpful. Another piece, and we'll talk a little bit more about this in a future Relationship Lovecast episode, which is having a sense of humor. Being able to be playful with one another, have a sense of humor with one another, have fun with one another is really an important piece. A lot of times we can have negative interactions with our partner, but being able to increase the ratio of positive interactions as opposed to negative interactions is is going to be key. Having five to eight positive interactions for every negative one is really ideal. Sense of humor is a way to be able to achieve that. Another one is to not try to fix it or control the other person. Now, I see this time and time again in in working with couples in my office, this tendency where one person in the relationship really wants the other person to change, be different, modify, XYZ. And they're trying to control the other person or fix the other person or vice versa. It can go back and forth where each one is trying to fix one another. And this can be a little bit dangerous because what you're doing is you're telling the person that you don't accept them or love them. You're also trying to force them and take away their sense of freedom and autonomy to do what you want. And typically, I don't know about you, but I know when I was a kid, when that happened, I basically resisted. Even if it probably was something good for me, it was like, "Mm, you're kind of telling me what to do. I'd like to find it On my own. And I think a lot of us operate that way to have our own choice, our own autonomy, and how we want to show up as the best version of ourselves. Being able to be proactive, that's an important piece too, because some people don't really want to change or improve or grow. And that can be a challenge in a relationship if one does and the other one doesn't. But something to keep in mind is you can't necessarily force people. In the process. So that's one thing to, to be aware of. This brings me to my next point, which is about acceptance. So being able to accept yourself and accept the other person. And this means acceptance of the real person, not the illusion of a person or the desire of how you want them to be, but really accepting them for who they are and what they bring to the relationship. So being able to accept them and celebrate them. I know also that assertiveness, being able to communicate clearly what you feel, what you need, setting those parameters or those boundaries or being able to express yourself fully is fundamental for a healthy relationship. Sometimes my clients that I, that I work with, they say, well, why can't he just read my mind? Or why can't she just know that that's what I need her to do? I think part of this process is a lack of assertiveness. And there's a distinction between assertiveness, aggression, and being passive. So passive is basically saying, oh, I want something to change, but I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm going to defer to somebody else to do it. Really be frustrated that it's not happening, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Assertive is where you actually communicate clearly. Uh, you set the stage or the tone of, of what you need or what you feel and you express yourself fully in a, from a place of integrity and respect. And then aggression is where you get mad, you yell, perhaps you force, you push, you make happen. You get kind of aggressive in your approach, in your tone, in your attitude. And the former and the latter typically don't work, but assertiveness is going to give you your best result. We will have some future podcasts or even have had other podcasts where I go full in depth on this topic of assertiveness that you can definitely check out. Another piece is related to self-confidence, so being self-confident, securing your own self-worth, and this also is very important in a relationship. If you're lacking in self-esteem or self-worth, I guarantee that that is going to pour into your relationship. It's going to bleed into your relationship and be an influencer in a negative way to prevent creating a relationship that you love and that you want. Being able to really do the time, not like a prison sentence, but take the time to really honor yourself and value yourself and respect and maybe work with a a therapist or a coach to cultivate that more in your life is going to be really, really key Because celebrating the preciousness of who you are as a person, knowing that you're unique and that you're special and really believing that on a very deep level is going to have a huge impact on how you love in your relationship and how you receive love. That's going to be an important piece to have that healthy relationship with yourself so that you can ultimately have that healthy relationship with another person. Another piece that healthy couples do is they resolve conflicts. I know for me, growing up with my parents arguing a lot, I didn't really observe them moving through the conflict and coming to a place of resolution all that often. It seemed that it was just a lot of stress, and they didn't know how to really resolve conflict effectively. Part of witnessing that as a child for over 10 years before they divorced was really observing what could have resolved the conflict. What sort of ways could they have communicated with each other in a different way? And really that's what was my initial training ground in, in doing the work that I do, being able to be really attuned and present and aware and conscious of different nuances and dynamics and patterns that play out with a couple. And the couples that have a healthy relationship or are working towards having a healthy relationship become really effective and good at resolving conflict. They're able to move through problems in a way that actually leads to some really powerful results. And for me, that's amazing to be able to help people do that because not only is that couple benefiting, but guess what? The next generation's benefiting too. If they have kids in that home, that are witnessing that, those children are learning how to resolve conflict with their friends, with their future partner, with their community leaders, and with anybody that they interact with in business, in life, or even in the world. And I really truly believe that if we can really find self-love and peace within ourselves and get really good at creating that sort of level of dynamic in a, in a partnership, whether it be a romantic partnership, whether it be with family members, with our children, that that's going to create a ripple effect in the world. So this is something that I'm very passionate about. I'm a very strong believer in it and advocate that being able to resolve conflict is fundamental of having a healthy relationship and facing those conflicts directly and resolving them as opposed to being passive and not being really committed to the follow-through. That commitment to follow-through of resolution and making it a win-win is really going to make or break the relationship. Now, another piece is an openness to constructive feedback. Now, oftentimes we can be consumed with shame or unresolved hurts from the past. So criticism, whether it be on the receiving end or on the delivery end, we also have to be really gentle and kind in the delivery. And then we also have to be receptive and not take it so personally when we're on the receiving end. And if you have these two pieces going on simultaneously that you become really good at giving feedback and you become really good at receiving feedback, that that can really work very well so that we can grow and get that support to evolve that coaching, that guidance to be able to be the best version of ourselves. Now, this one is also, I would say, one of the pillars of a healthy relationship, and it is about having trust. You don't know how many times I hear that one person doesn't trust the other person, either for emotional stability because they tend to react, or there's a lack of trust because the partner hasn't been really transparent or predictable or honest about certain things of external interactions with other people. And so some of those boundaries have gotten crossed. Trust is is critical in developing a safe foundation of the relationship. And if those pieces of trust have been shaken, that it's very important that you address those issues right away and start repairing and rebuilding trust because avoiding it and pushing it away and saying, oh, it's no big deal, just isn't going to fly. So you're going to find that that same issue is going to be a wash and repeat sort of situation that is going to be recycled in future conversations until it fully gets addressed and nipped in the bud. Trust is one of the things that is fundamental to creating a sense of security in a, in a partnership. Another piece that's really important is this giving and receiving, being able to be, be a good giver, but also being a good receiver. A lot of times I find with, with women, some of the women that I work with, whether individually or in relationships, they tend to be really good at being givers predominantly. Give, give, give. And they have a difficult time receiving. I think one important piece is to be connected with your feminine flow, your feminine energy, because being connected to your feminine energy is all about attracting. It's all about receiving. It's all about creative expression and beauty. Being able to be good at receiving just really allows you to say yes to yourself to fill your cup. And so that's going to be an important piece for those of you that are really good givers but not really good at receiving to actually start receiving. And for any of you out there on the call, whether male or female, because obviously this can go both ways in either direction, but if you're a male or female that tends to receive a lot but not be a good contributor Or be generous with giving, then that's going to be a growth edge for you to really stretch yourself to think beyond the I and focus more on the other or the we and extend that generosity with your partner. One thing they did a study uh, in New York, I believe at New York University, they did a study, they interviewed. I think over 3,000, 4,000 couples from around the world. And they identified that the couples that were the happiest were the most generous with one another. Something to keep in mind, the more generous you are, actually the happier you are and the happier your partnership is. Good note to self. Another piece is being able to negotiate fairly with one another. To be able to tolerate one another, that's a big one. I think sometimes we can get frustrated and interpret things about our partner, especially in the heat of the moment, and we aren't able to be really good at tolerating the distress that comes up. Being able to develop that skill to tolerate distress, to be mindful, to regulate your emotions, to be effective in your interpersonal effectiveness skills is going to be fundamental in having a healthy relationship. I think another piece is also forgiveness. Some of us aren't always the best at forgiveness. I know sometimes for me, that can be a challenge, being able to move past something, to be able to, be able to move through something that has happened in the past and really be able to, once it's resolved and addressed, to be able to let it go. All of us have those, growth edges. Some of us forgive everyone or trust everyone. And that might be a growth edge too, that there can be a balance there. Being able to find what that sweet spot is in your ability to forgive for yourself and for the situation and really be able to let things go and be able to move on. And that ultimately for that forgiveness to happen is that trust in the partnership that some of those things that have caused hurt in the past really don't get repeated in the future. So that consciousness in the process allows forgiveness to really set in more fully. Another piece is that mistakes are accepted and learned from. I think one thing is, whether it be in a relationship or whether it be in raising children, is to really accept that mistakes are part of life and be able to be flexible around that. And then also be able to know that you can learn from those mistakes. I know a lot of couples sometimes have made mistakes in the past. Maybe one partner made a mistake and it negatively impacted the relationship or level of trust or level of predictability or comfort in the relationship. And so to be able to accept that that mistake happened, accept that mistakes do happen, instead of beating yourself up, really looking at it as a learning opportunity to grow and fix it, recover from it, and resolve it, and make change and learn from it is, is key. Another piece is also a willingness to take risks and be vulnerable. A lot of times we can feel like we're in this cocoon of protection and everyone should know that what we're feeling and thinking and needing is apparent without really being explicit and putting it out there. This is fundamental. I think that this is a key piece and this is really the core of what I help couples do is to be able to be vulnerable with one another, to feel safe, that it's safe to be vulnerable and take risks, and three, a willingness to put yourself out there and step outside your comfort zone, step outside your emotional comfort zone in being really authentic and honest with those raw spots inside that are tender and sensitive, and ultimately create a space where that partner can receive it and hear it and listen and accept it and support the other person through that experience. Another piece is that there are meaningful relationships and interests outside of the relationship or inside the relationship. That there's this combination of the two, which I mentioned earlier. And also this ability to be able to enjoy being alone and that that can be okay. That there's a level of comfort of being alone as opposed to a dependency. I need to be with you all the time. I think that that freedom is really also part of it. And then also this level of privacy is respected. So the other person's level of privacy is respected, that there's not snooping or hiding or sneaking around breaking somebody's confidence of their privacy. I think that being able to respect that is is very important as well. And then I think the last few of healthy relationships is This ability to personally grow and change and explore and that this is supported and encouraged by the other person in the relationship. And this ability to be consistent and have a level of continuity uh, and that that is present in the commitment in the relationship. So that continuity, that dependability, that reliability, what I say and I do are the same, that they're both congruent with one another. As well as this balance of closeness and separation, this ability to be close with one another and that that is part of the relationship. And then there's also this part of separation, but it's like a 50-50, this ability to be separate yet connected or connected yet autonomous at the same time. And lastly, really, is this responsibility for your own behaviors and happiness, instead of getting caught up in the blame game. What this means is, is that you take responsibility to be your own person, your holistic self, and that you are able to create the life that you want for yourself. And looking at your partnership, not from a place of deficit, but really from a place of I'm whole and you're whole, and we're choosing to walk in the same direction with one another. And being really responsible for your behaviors, your words, your actions, and your own joy. Because one little tricky thing that can happen is you make the other person responsible for your joy, your needs, your feelings, and then you don't take any responsibility for yourself. That's a huge danger zone. Being able to really be responsible for your own choices and your own happiness really empowers you. And there's a great responsibility connected to that of actually being part of the change that you want to see in your life. In closing, I just want to highlight a few unhealthy relationship patterns that really in some ways are the opposite of some of these that I mentioned. A lack of communication or very poor communication, lack of listening, a disrespect of boundaries, controlling, losing your sense of identity, not really sharing a lot of common interest or feeling as though you have any interests outside of the relationship either, a lack of joy and humor and levity, but rather just this seriousness, a lack of spark. Other pieces are related to a lack of acceptance where you maybe reject each other or want each other to change or be different than who they really are. Being aggressive or being passive, those are some negative, unhealthy patterns. Having difficulty admitting when you're wrong and really being stubborn and stuck to your point. Lacking self-confidence, being closed off, being shut down, having difficulty resolving conflict, having difficulty trusting or being trustworthy. Having difficulty collaborating and finding a win-win, but rather being caught up in this win-lose dynamic. Really shaming one another for making mistakes or getting caught up in a blame game or having difficulty or an unwillingness to take risks or be vulnerable or put yourself out there or an unwillingness to look and take responsibility for your own behaviors. Another piece is a lack of willingness to grow as a person and to feel suffocated or limited in some way, feel judged or put down or criticized. And lastly, this inability to really respect one another, like a disrespect of one another in words and in action. This gives you a framework of some of the positive things that a healthy relationship requires. And I'd like you to even think about your own relationship In what are those areas that are in alignment with that? Where are they out of balance? What are some of those unhealthy relationship patterns that I mentioned, such as being maybe emotionally shut off or disconnected or feeling needy or feeling attacking of your partner or being attacked? So all of these things, like thinking of what are those negative unhealthy patterns that could be playing a role in your relationship that you would like to take action around and change. There you have it. That is the end of our episode for today, uh, unhealthy relationships versus healthy relationships and some helpful tips on how you can start assessing where your relationship is at and what you can do to make it better. Now, if you are ready to take your relationship to the next level, I am offering a free three-part video series and it is absolutely free. It is a three-part video series to help you improve communication in 10 minutes or less. It's a communication video series that will allow you to get unstuck and improve communication in 10 minutes or less. Improve intimacy, physical and emotional intimacy, and strengthen that bond with your partner. Give you some tips for that. And then also how to avoid the common mistakes many couples make and what you should do instead. So definitely check that out. That is at createarelationshipyoulove.com. Once again, that is createarelationshipyoulove.com. Thank you so much. And we look forward to catching you next time on Relationship Lovecast. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com.